No, I, I will say that um, drinking a Coke with a Ricola cough drop is uh, something that I should have made a New Year's resolution not to do. Um, and I, I did that as I was coming up, and I was like, whew, that was going to be talk, hard to talk through. <laughs> but, but, but we'll power on. So, <laughs> so we're going we're gonna to look in uh, a chapter today. I was looking at just, uh, I wanted to start something off, you know, with the, the new year of encouragement. Um, and um, I, the, I thought of a verse, but I, I like to, to go ahead and, and make sure we have all the context. And so we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 40. So we're going to read the whole chapter uh, of Isaiah 40. Because if, if you can tell, the, the verse is, is one that you see a lot, that we will soar on wings as eagles. Right? Okay, that's great. That is encouragement. And I, you know, it's it just kind of an aside thought as I was doing this and kind of, you know, just Googling New Year's verses. And, you know, there's just all different ways to kind of get your brain going. And, uh, and I found that, man, even as, as, as Christians, we've kind of, we, we like just the, the simple thoughts that bring, bring encouragement, right? Let's just have, and you can find, hundreds of verses that'll just pop up and that they're encouraging verses, but it really doesn't give you a sense of what God is trying to teach us, <laughs> right? There's, there's more to it than just a word of encouragement. And, and so as I started reading Isaiah uh, chapter 40, you realize that there's, there's a lot more to this. And, and uh, you know, we like to think of verses like this and, okay, we'll soar on wings as eagles. And so, you know what, our expectation should be that 2022, we're just going to fly above all of the garbage and muck and difficulty, right? Well, if you read all of Isaiah chapter 40, you have a hard time thinking that that's exactly what's going to happen, right? So Isaiah chapter 40 um, is written in a time where the, the people have already now uh, been taken in exile. Babylon has already taken them, um, and they are looking forward to a time where they will be able to go back to Jerusalem. But the people are completely displaced now. Um, and that, that's important, and it's, it's, it's hard for us to really fathom that. I mean, none of us have experienced anything quite like that, to be completely taken away from your country, from your home, from your city, families separated, um, you know, just a, a very difficult time. Now, this is something that, unfortunately, is common throughout history, um, but, but we've never really experienced anything like that. And, uh, and you can add on to that the fact that the people, they believed, and rightly so, they believed that they were God's chosen people, right? But yet, why has this happened? We are now displaced from, from, the, from the temple, from Jerusalem, from the country. You know, we're supposed to be God's people. Why is this happening? Now, the ones who were honest would go, oh, you know, all those prophets that were telling us we needed to get our act together? Maybe we should have gotten our act together, right? <laughs> so so there, there were plenty of reasons that it happened. But, but yet, even, even still, that would be a tough place to be in. So this is kind of in this transition period to where the people have been 
taken into exile, but they are hoping to be able to return again. And this is designed to give them encouragement. Uh, but again, <laughs> many of the people who would hear these words uh, wouldn't experience going back. Um, but yet these words were still true and bring encouragement. So it starts off, Isaiah chapter 40. It says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, the rough ground shall become level, the rugged plains a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all people will see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. All right, so let's stop there for a minute. So clearly the, the purpose of this is, is right there at the very beginning, comfort. And it, it says it twice. That's always, this is important. Right? It's repeating it. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. So God is wanting these words to be words of comfort. And so it starts off, says, speak tenderly to Jerusalem that her hard service has been completed. Okay. So, okay, you, you've been, been through a lot. You, you've uh, endured uh, uh, many hardships and trials, but it specifically connects that to what? A payment for sin, right? That, that this, is, this is the result of your sinfulness, but now there is, a, there is a, a better way, right? And then you have the very familiar uh, passage, a voice of one calling in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord, right? That is uh, uh, John the Baptist, Right, we we think about John the Baptist. Um, it is he is connected with this prophecy. All right, so so that is a uh, it it meant something to when it was written that the people eventually will be able to go back to to Jerusalem, right? But it also was picture that that uh, that God, uh, John the Baptist is going to be proclaiming a a new way forward. And I, I love how it kind of talks about that. It says, he'll make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, right? Every mountain and hill made low. So what does that do? It's making everything flat, <laughs> right? So it's making a, the, the path, pathway uh, easy, if you will. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places are plain. The glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all of the people will see it together. You know, so, so it's this idea, hey, God is going to make a way for you, okay? And now, if it stops there, you think, okay, so this isn't going to be difficult. No, that's not what it's saying at all. That is not what it means. Whenever you hear language like this, and we, we misconstrue this so often, because we, so we, we take this as, oh, well, if, if we just do what God says, he's just going to make everything easy for us. No, that's, that's not what it is. He does make the way for us. And he does help us overcome obstacles. And there are times he will remove obstacles. But that doesn't mean it's just a cakewalk. doesn't mean that it's always just easy. And it continues on, the passage in uh, verse 6. So verse 6 says, 
A voice says, cry out, and I said, what shall I cry? All people are like grass, and all their faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass, the grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God endures forever. You who bring good news to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good news to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power and he rules with a mighty arm. See, his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flocks like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to the heart. He gently leads those who have young. All right, let's stop there for just a moment. So he transitions from this comfort, comfort, to now the voice says, cry out. So cry out to the Lord. All right, and it's what shall I cry out? So what, what is God wanting us to, to understand from him? And, and I, there's two pretty major contrasting views of, of who God is. And the, the, a lot of the rest of this passage just, uh, um, builds on that. But it starts off, it says, uh, all people are like grass, right? Faithfulness is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, the flowers fall, right? So it's comparing us to grass who withers and fall. That's not a great comparison, right? Like, like at, at times that's really pretty and that's really beautiful, but then it dries up and withers away. And, and it's, what it's doing is it's comparing us Whenever we compare ourselves to God, we are like the grass that is just withers away and blows away. Right? So it's kind of this uncomfortableness of recognizing, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, we're, we're pretty small. Right? You know, and especially compared to God, right? we, are, we are nothing. But then it transitions and it says that he is what? But he is like the shepherd who tends his flock. So God chooses to love us. He chooses to engage with us. He, he chooses that even though he doesn't have to. And I think that's an important thing for us to understand. It is important for us to recognize the, the vast difference between us and God. <laughs> and that's what this is, is getting at, is, is recognize, hey, you know, you may think that you're important. You may think that you have control over life, but you don't. You're like the grass that withers and, and gets strewn around. Right? But God, even being so much greater, He still chooses to be our shepherd. He chooses to love us to engage with us. So we don't stay in that place and just think, oh, I'm just nothing, I'm worthless. No, God loves you. He cares about you. But we, we need to know our place. <laughs> that is important <laughs> when it comes to God. One of the most dangerous things that are happening today in our world is people are forgetting that there is a God. And we're starting to think that we can do it. No, <laughs> no, we can't. So, so the people who are, are here, they're in exile. They're wondering what's going on. God gives them words of comfort. And then he, they says, he says, cry out to God. And he says, what should we cry out? He says, 
you need to recognize that you are nothing without me, but that I choose to be with you. And I, and I love, you know, the, the, you see the shepherding. Uh, he gathers his lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those who have young. Now, I want to just <laughs> expound on that just a little bit. Being a shepherd is obviously throughout Scripture, right? And sometimes we kind of have this romantic view of that, you know, of, of, of shepherd just taking care of the sheep and that he just loves them. And, you know, this is a, again, it's co- contrasting that we are like grass that withers away, but then we're also like sheep that the Lord puts close to his heart, right? But a shepherd dealing with sheep is a pretty messy thing, right? Because you know why? Sheep are stupid, right? They are, if you have ever worked sheep, and I've, Growing up in West Texas, I worked sheep. It is, it's miserable. And you get, you hate the sheep after it's done. <laughs> like, and, and I mean, and it's, there are times, you know, you're, you're trying to, uh, you know, get them vaccinated, all the things that you do to, to make sure that they're taken care of. Why do you do that? Because you care about the sheep, right? So you're having to do all of this, and some of them kind of go in and do what they're supposed to do. Some are not, and by the end, you're just grabbing wool and throwing. Right? And, and being, being a shepherd is very difficult, and it's exhausting. Right? But the shepherd cares about the sheep. Right? And we are like sheep, but God cares about us, and he's going to make sure that we have the opportunity to get what we need if we want it. Now, there's always those sheep that are just constantly running their head away and running into the, literally just running in headfirst into the fence trying to get away. And they just keep going. And you're just like, what in the world? And you just wait till they knock themselves out and then it's all right. And I think that's kind of how we are sometimes with God. Right? But God loves us. But we do need to recognize that we are. We are like the sheep. We need to understand our place. And then it continues on, starting in verse 12. It says, Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand? These are, this is just, the, the next 20 verses is just about just how great God is. Who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket, or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught knowledge, that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket. They are regarded as dust on the scales. He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust. Lebanon is not sufficient for altar fires, nor its animals enough for burnt offerings. Before him all the nations are as nothing. They are regarded by him as worthless and less than nothing. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? As for an idol, a metal worker cast it, and a goldsmith overlays it with gold and fashions silver chains for it, a person too poor to present such an offering selects wood that would not, will not rot. They look for a skilled worker to set up an idol that will not topple. Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told you from the beginning? 
Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth, and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground than he blows on them and they wither and the whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift up your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all of these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls forth each one of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing." Man, that is, that's powerful, right? And this is kind of God basically not, it's not chastising, but it's just, he's making a big point that everything is less than him, right? And, and I, one of the couple of the things that really jump out is it specifically focuses on one, surely the nations are like a drop of bucket, uh, like a drop in a bucket. They are as fine dust on the scales. The islands, uh, he weighs the islands as they were fine dust. Right? So what are, what is one of the things, the main thing that we as humans think that we can find strength and security in? It's our nations, right? Throughout history, that has kind of been seen that way. Is that, you no, know, nations will rise and nations, we put our trust in them. We, we look for them for leadership, right? And God is saying they are all like dust. <laughs> They're the, 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 the strongest entities that you have uh, in, on earth are like dust compared to him. And then he says, uh, with whom will you compare God? And, uh, and so he's saying, look at all these uh, nations around you, all of these idols that are made of, uh, made of stone and, and gold. What are they compared to God? Right? And, and he goes and, and then he, he, now he compares us to grasshoppers. He sits enthroned above the earth, and all his people are like grasshoppers. Right? Again, just reminding how great he is. But then he says, Look up into the heavens. Who created all of these? Talking about the stars. And he calls forth each one of them by name because of his great power and mighty strength. Not one of them is missing. Right? If God is, does that with the stars, how much more mindful of us is he? It's a powerful image. And it's one that we need to hold on to as we go into 2022. And then that leads us to the verses that, uh, that I initially saw, starting in verse 27. Why do you complain, Jacob? Now, remember, they, are, they have been removed from their homeland. There's probably a reason to complain, right? Why do you complain? Why do you say, Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord. My cause is disregarded by my God. Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. 
Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Man, how powerful that is. Right? That, that even in our complaints, whenever we feel overwhelmed, God is reminding us that He will not grow tired or weary. Right? He gives strength to those who are weary, power to those who are weak. Right? That is where we find that. Now, it's interesting. You Remember, we are going to be weary and there's going to be times we feel weak. That doesn't mean that something's wrong. It means that life is wearing you down and you need to be aware at that moment and make sure you're looking to the one who gives strength to those who are weary. Right? See, I think that's one of the, the things that's going on right now is everybody is weary. Everybody is tired. And we are being continually being told to look to something else to find strength than God. And that will only lead to more wearisome. <laughs> I know that's not a word. <laughs> that will only lead to being more tired. That will only lead to more frustration because we will never have our strength renewed if we are relying on anything that is human created. We have to search for that and find it in God and God alone. And that's what he is reminding us. He says, even youth grow tired and weary, but those whose hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Right? You know, whenever we, whenever we engage with the world around us, it can make us very weary, make us very tired. Everyone has their own challenges that they're going through. But all of them, eventually, <laughs> and all of us, will feel overwhelmed, and we'll feel tired, and we'll feel weary, and we'll be looking somewhere to find some strength. I encourage you to look to the God who created all of this. The God who loves you so much that, that He is your shepherd. That He treats us as His sheep. That He loves. That He cares for. Even though we keep trying to go our own way. But when we turn to go His way, that is when we find strength. That is whenever we can mount on the wings of eagles, right? And that we can find hope, we can find purpose, we can find meaning in a world that is trying to pull us away and to pull us down from every different direction. But in 2022, let's make sure we mount on wings of eagles. We put our trust solely in Him. And in Him, we will find strength. I want to end by uh, reading a prayer and it's a, a new year's prayer it's actually a prayer 
uh, that uh, Billy Graham gave in uh, 2008. Um, but I think it still definitely applies to, to today. So let us, let us uh, pray and just listen to the words and let's make this our prayer for the new year. Our Father and our God, as we stand at the beginning of this new year, we confess our need for your presence and your guidance as we face the future. We each have our hopes and expectations for the year that is ahead of us, but you alone know what it holds for us, and only you can give us the strength and the wisdom we will need to meet its challenges. So help us to humbly put our hands into your hand and to trust you and to seek your will for our lives during this coming year. In the midst of life's uncertainties in the days ahead, assure us of the certainty of your unchanging love. In the midst of life's inevitable disappointments and heartaches, help us to turn to you for the stability and comfort we, need, we will need. In the midst of life's temptations and the pull of our stubborn, stubborn self-will, help us not to lose our way, but to have the courage to do what is right in your sight, regardless of the cost. And in the midst of our daily preoccupations and pursuits, open our eyes to the sorrows and injustices of a hurting world. Help us to respond with compassion and sacrifices to those who are friendless and in need. May our constant prayer be that of the ancient psalmist. Teach me, O Lord, to follow your decrees. Then I will keep them to the end. We pray for our nation and its leaders during these difficult times and for all those who are seeking to bring peace and justice to our dangerous and troubled world. We pray especially for our prote your protection on all those who serve in our armed forces, and we thank you for their commitment to defend our freedoms, even at the cost of their very own lives. Be with their families also and assure them of your love and concern for them. Bring our divided nation together and give us a greater vision of what you would have us to be. Your word reminds us that blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. As we look back over this past year, we thank you for your goodness to us far beyond what we have deserved. May we never presume on your past goodness or forget all your mercies to us, but may they instead lead us to repentance and to a new commitment to make you the foundation and center of our lives this year. And so, our Father, we thank you for the promise and hope of this new year, and we look forward to it with expectancy and faith. This I ask in the name of our Lord and Savior, who by his death and resurrection has given us hope both for this world and the world to come. Amen. 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 Well, I hope that you have a wonderful beginning to this new year and know that God goes with you and that he will give you the strength to rise on, on wings of eagles as we head into 2022. Wonderful week serving the Lord. We'll see you next week.